was going to say that I was going to start my homily with a bad dad joke, but I'm old enough to tell you a bad grandfather joke. The young child came home to, from, and this is old. You'll, some of you have heard this, I'm sure. It's not anything inventive by me. Um, and also, um, if you've been Catholic all your life, you may not know this the punchline. Um, if you grew up in a biritual family, as I did, half Catholic, half Methodist, um, you know it. Or if you're a convert, you'll know it. Little boy comes home from, from religious ed, and he says to his mother, I know God's name. She said, what do you mean you know God's name? I know God's name. Well, what is it? He said, it's Andy. Andy? Yep, my teacher taught us a song today. Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me. (laughs) Good, a lot of Protestants in the room tonight. (laughs) I feel comfortable now. Thank you. I mean, think about that. that it's an old song. It really is an old uh, song in, in, in a lot of non-Catholic churches, and some of ours. I think, if I remember correctly, um, Dan Doherty had us sing it once last year somewhere along this Easter season. But it says, he walks with me, talks with me, he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarried there, none other has ever known. Christ gives us such great joy. That's great joy. Even in the, in the tiniest things, we find God giving us joy, even in the, in the most simple things. I found great joy tonight as, as Miss Dugan continued to sing the psalm and God gave her a roaring applause. If you heard that thunder at the last stanza of her verse that she sang, God was approving the words that she sang. You know, and that for me is joyful. It's joyful that God wants to be with us, that God chooses to be among us. That God wants to walk with us and talk with us. You know, I, I did some research, and depending what website you use and what uh, translation you, you choose, uh, the, the, uh, the word walk is used in sacred scripture at least 203 times, maybe more depending on the version that you are, are reading. But even in the scriptures, there's a hundred references about walking specifically with God. So out of the 203 times they use the word walk in scripture, half of those times are reminding us that it has to be with God. That we're not walking this journey alone. That we're not walking from here to nowhere. That there's a purpose in that walk. There's, there's a purpose, you know, in, in the sacristy we were discussing, uh, you know, Naomi's wearing a Fitbit tells her how many steps that she took today. Our phones have that on them. You know, everything tells us how far we've gone, how far did we walk, and those walks mostly have been by ourselves. Up and down the steps a few times a day, back and forth to your office a few times a day, usually by yourself. But there's, a, there's this thing about walking that we have about walking, and, and in those hundreds of verses of Scripture that I, that I was reading, I'm not going to read all of them to you, I'm only going to give you ten. And we know them all. They remind us that we have no choice but to always walk with God. We walk by faith, not by sight. Micah, they say to Micah the prophet, what is good? And Micah says, what's good? Do justice and walk humbly with God. Walk. 
Noah walks with God. Enoch walks with God. Moses walks with God. The Israelites for 40 years walked with God. The disciples, as they traveled from place to place with Jesus, they walked with him. No Uber, no Lyft. They walked. In Colossians, Paul reminds us that we who have received Christ Jesus are now to walk with him. John, in his first letter, says if we abide in Christ, then we ought to walk in the same ways that he walked. Back in in Genesis, our ancestors, when God is walking in the garden looking for them, where were they? They were hiding. In Leviticus, God says, I will walk among you and I will be your God and you will be my people. And Isaiah reminds us that the people who are walking in darkness have seen a great light. And our tenth, my tenth example comes just right out of the gospel tonight. The Emmaus disciples are walking. They're, they're, they, they're, their whole dream has been shattered. They, they thought this was going to be something that they, they, didn't, that they didn't get. And they walked away. They walked away from that crucifixion scene as so many others have done and continue to do. Yet on that walk, they encounter Christ. And they're attentive to his word. He starts, and it says he started with the scriptures, beginning with Moses and all the prophets. They were there a long time together. It's a lot of scripture for him to quote and to read. He says that when they broke that bread, their eyes were opened, taking them back to that Holy Thursday Supper. Jesus invites us. He's always walking with us. Those disciples who are highlighted in the gospel tonight, they represent us. People who who have this relationship with God expect an awful lot from God, more from Jesus Christ, a lot more from his spirit, and yet we feel sometimes that we're walking aimlessly along a path of faith. Unable to make sense out of of the events or the demands of faith. Unable to make sense out of why this is the cross I've got to carry. Unable to make sense of why we feel like we're doing it alone. And that God's not listening. And yet Jesus very patiently, very discreetly, very contently continues to walk silently alongside of us. With us. And on that walk, he invites us to tell our story. You know, he says to them, what's going on? What are you talking about? Tell me. Tell me what you're talking about. And they say, oh, you wouldn't believe. You've got to be kidding me. You don't know? Now, they could have said, what business is that as yours? Go away, stranger. (laughs) But they said, said, are you kidding me? You, You don't know? The whole town's talking about this. They crucified Jesus. So he wants us to tell his, our story. He wants us to hear from us that how, whatever that story is, whether it's long or short, whether it's complicated, whether it's ran, just rambling or, 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 or making no sense at all. He wants our ups. He wants our downs. He wants our hopes when they're dashed, our disappointments, our dismay. And with great respect, he continues to walk. He continues to listen. That's why it's so important for us always to remember in in prayer that Jesus is right there with us. Some distant God that wound up a world and walked away. Very present with us. Present here as the scriptures were being uh, uh, publicized tonight, as they're being proclaimed tonight. Here at the altar 
when we go back to that Last Supper and, and his body, his blood become real again. Here, as we journey together as friends and, and parishioners and family and, and, and people just on a journey, supporting each other, helping each other from here to the parking lot, our parking lots to our homes. I think about um, on Holy Week, on Monday of Holy Week, all the priests of the diocese gather together, all the, the diocesan priests. And we have some reflection time. But, you know, then we come into that cathedral. We walk down that long aisle of that cathedral. And during that mass, not only are the holy oils blessed that we will use throughout the year in the sacraments of the church, but we as priests, as we walk down that aisle, Christ walks with us and then asks of us to reaffirm, recommit ourselves to the promises we made at our ordination. To once again state publicly that I am willing to do this. I am willing to become another Christ. I am willing to serve you in your holy church. And he walks with us, even the frail and the, and the weak of us, as we renew those promises and commitments. Tuesdays and, Tuesday and Wednesday, during Holy Week, we, we walk together with, with the Lord into that upper room as we're preparing, and what do we get to see that Judas betrays? Two days in a row we hear that betrayal of Judas, Tuesday and Wednesday, to remind us that some of us just walk away. When we're ready to give up, we just leave. We think there's something better. What's better than following Jesus in 30 pieces of, of silver? Nothing, evidently. Judas threw it back. But we're reminded we take that walk, and Jesus stands next to us even in our betrayal. He who dips the, the, the morsel with me into this dish. He whom I hand this morsel. And he hands it to us. And then we come a Holy Thursday and Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. And at the end of that Mass, if you were here, the Holy Eucharist is, is, is um, processed around the congregation. All around, enfolds us, totally comes around us, up and down every aisle. All around until we get to the Chapel of Repose. To remind, it's a symbol that even when things seem dark and things seem that they're over, God is surrounding us. God is enrobing us in his light and in hope. And on Good Friday, many of you walk the aisle to come and reverence the cross. We sat, you and I went to the foot of that cross and we gave not only reverence to the one who died for our sins and for our salvation, but to ask him to hear us in our burdens and to lift us from those burdens. Holy Saturday, we baptize people, we confirm people, we brought people into our church so they could walk with us on this journey of faith. And today, you and I are here to walk down the aisle of this church to share in the breaking of the bread. If you, next weekend, our first Holy Communion class, our confirmation class, brides and grooms, people bringing their loved ones for burial. We all walk into this place, we all walk out of this place, but what Jesus walks with us and talks with us. May our hearts always burn so that our eyes may be opened as he continues to share the joy that none other has ever known.